Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We are your host, Chris Schubert's here floating around producing this thing. We're from the Draft Network, and we're brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all your sports betting needs. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online. They are your continued source for all sports wagering information, featuring live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Of course, they have all the sports that you can imagine. So head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. It's Bet Online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National Clean Your Desk Day to you. If only, if only. If only my desk was yeah, here. If only your desk was here. Uh, shout out to Amazon. Dropped off my brand new work desk at a parcel locker. And I do not have a parcel locker affiliated with my new address. You tried, you tried so. to celebrate, Kyle. You tried. I yeah. I guess I could clean clean my old locker out or my old my old desk out if I wanted to. So we are celebrating, or it is, I guess I should say, National Clean Out Your Desk Day on the day in which, by the time people are hearing this, several coaches will be cleaning out their yeah. desks because they wow. will no longer be having jobs. Is that what's happening here today? Chris, I just put it together. Peaked. You've peaked. That's tough. That is that's a, a tough. That is that's a tough ju- just a juxtaposition for us to celebrate here on the show because it's a day that we want to celebrate, yeah. but at the same time, people are losing their jobs. Not not fun times. Well, there's some teams cleaning out their lockers too because they got sent home yesterday. Yeah, we'll celebrate them so, throughout the week with the Levy Graham. We will with the uh, <laughs> fight on, my men. Fight on. Uh, we're hurt, but we're not slain. Yes. Housekeeping. Ahead, housekeeping note: We are recording the show ahead of Sunday night football, and just so everybody knows. The, the gentlemen in this room know we are two thirds of the way there for the draft dudes underdog money line bar like are we the really Dolph- the Dolphins won the Texans won that was Joe's pick so if hashtag our Lions it comes down to hashtag our Lions if they can come through we will be celebrating today but here's here's what we do know. The Lions were eliminated, correct? Right. So it doesn't matter for them, but I still think they're going to go out there and they're going to play yeah. hard and they're going they're to They're going to end Aaron Rodgers' yes. season. Oh, I hope they do it. Be a great boy, oh boy. Do, did anybody consider the Broncos on the Draft Dudes Underdog Moneyline Parlay? No, I bet no, that would have been a no. fancy I bet that would have been a fancy cash in on the parlay. Joe did consider the Panthers. I did. Would have worked so, too. That mm. would have worked too. Um I would I, they, they I, I kept pounding. It, this week. Could I have sure picked did. the Falcons? I don't know if they were an underdog at home, so I don't know if they would have counted, but I could have picked them. That would have worked. I believe so. Uh, yeah, Joe. There were options this week. That, that bet officially a wash, uh, and Tyler Conklin Both with four finished 7-10. To Corey Davis's three targets means that's a win for me. 
So we clean oh, out some kidding? bets. You got the Conklin bet. Well, he got this. He got more targets than Corey Davis this week. So you needed. Oh, I hate. I hate that for me. I really do. Cor- yeah. Corey Davis came out came out hot early because those Jets receivers were abusing Xavier Howard left and right, and they they went after him with Corey Davis one time. There, and there I was said, like thirteen I points scored oh, in the game. Where there was anybody being abused offensively? Excuse you, seventeen points. The final seventeen. Please. Yeah, don't forget uh, that safety at the end that ruined some people's days on some teasers. Oh, yeah, they got to 11, right. Yeah. Yep. The dudes of the week for the final regular season week, and then we have Jamie Eisner version 2.0 with a mock draft, in which there are four trades involving first-round oh, picks. See, you let the I, And here I thought draft. I got weird. I, I thought I got weird because last week I did one, and I did the Lamar Jackson trade, and I did a trade up with Carolina for Will Levis and – there Thought I got crazy, and he said, "Yeah, no thanks." And a coaching trade here in this. Oh God! Draft. All right, that'll be fun. All right, time for our dudes. See you, Pittsburgh. Can't wait. I'm gonna push a button, or I just want. I didn't want to get got. You're good. Jeremy. I'm not gonna push any more buttons. I'm just saying, can't wait. <laughs> We're gonna dive into Jamie Eisner's mock draft. Can't wait. All right, time for our dudes of the week, and um, and now. That's my guy on the Draft Dudes podcast. Yep. Knew it was coming. Knew it was coming. <laughs> Everybody enjoyed it, though. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, Poor I'm, Joe's I'm, just trying to fight flu his, through his Michael Jordan flu game right now and yeah, just get I, through this show. Not right. Yet. Joe's not feeling good, and we're just keeping the show rolling. Just gonna throw going to throw sand on my guy ahead of the playoff game this weekend. Draft dudes, ultimate wild card weekend. Here we come. See what happens. Um, my first dude, Demar Hamlin. Right, uh, obviously a, a a very a very uh, challenging week to navigate through in the aftermath of what happened on Monday Night Football in Cincinnati, and um, for him to have the support of, of the nation. Right, I thought like this was something that unified people in a really special way in, you know, in a day and age where I don't think there's much love, there's much unity. I think we felt that all week long uh, through DeMar and what he went through and obviously the recovery that he's made and, you know, he's neurologic, everything's neurologically intact, obviously a long road ahead of him, but to see so many people uh, step up in so many different ways um, was really, really special. And so um, it's been an emotional week for, for a lot of people and, you know, I think DeMar Hamlin and, and his story, what he's been through this week, I think had to be the lead due to the week. For sure. I mean, you, you saw all of the signs and shirts and hashtags for DeMar throughout the course of this weekend. And obviously the great news that we've received about him uh, beginning his road to recovery. And, and you know, there, there's a long journey ahead of him. But one thing that you will know for certain is that that man and his family will not be alone. Yeah. It's been awesome to see the sports world, the football world, fans of every team all rally to this individual cause and uh, this individual person and personality and um, the tragedy that, that we experienced on Monday night revealing all of the great things that Damar Hamlin has been doing for his community and, and for those who are less fortunate has really provided this, this wonderful blessing that you have seen so many people just jump to, to join into. And I'm, 
I'm hopeful for Demar and, and what his future holds for him. And I'm, uh, I'm hopeful that this opportunity will continue to allow a continued raised platform and awareness for all of the great things that he does. And hopefully people will continue to, to pay attention to all the great things that so many uh, across the NFL do. Well said. You want a dude? Yeah, I want a dude. It's it's more football, pure football skewed. If you'd like uh, that that angle here, it's uh, it's Lovey Smith. If my guy went out, he went out with a bang, <laughs> as the Houston Texans defeated the Indianapolis Colts in the final seconds of this contest by a final score of 32 to 31 going for two in the final minute after a fourth and long touchdown to surrender the number one overall pick (laughs) to the Chicago bears. uh, Lovey, I hope you keep that job. I hope you do. I I think it was, was it Glazer that came out on Sunday? Mm Mm-hmm. And said it would not be a surprise based on insider trader information that either Casario, Lovey Smith, or both could be gone. And if my guy went out, he went out in a blaze of glory. And I respect the hell out of it because the Houston Texans have fought like hell for the last month. And they got themselves a week 18 win as the, the final crescendo of the 20. 22 season for the Houston Texans. Thought about putting Lovey Smith down. Glad you included him. Heck yeah. Uh, my next dude, um, kind of continuing with, with, um, the, the, I guess this, this is my, my next dude is Naheem Hines who, yeah, I mean, yeah, ran, the first play, the first play for the Buffalo bills after Demar Hamlin on Monday night was Naheem Hines taking the taking the opening kick of the game against the Patriots, ninety six yards for a touchdown. Just an absolutely unreal moment, um, surreal. There's definitely something that gave me chills. Um, you can't script it, man. Sports are special for a lot of reasons, and just like sometimes this stuff just happens. And for Naheem to take not just the opening kick to the house, but the, the kickoff after the Patriots took their only lead of the game, the next play was Naheem Hines, 101 yards for a touchdown. Um, you could tell it was really special. Uh, just the 11th player in the history of the NFL with multiple kickoff returns for a touchdown in a single game, the first Bills player to ever do it. And um, kind of cool when you consider that that was the Bills' first kickoff return for a touchdown in three years in three months on the day that Josh Allen threw three touchdowns and the defense intercepted the Patriots three times. Just a really, really special situation. And the second return was in the third quarter with the Bills trailing by three. I, look at that. I didn't even, didn't even occur to me. There you I go. just got chills from that, man. <laughs> unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Um. Yeah, man. And... and- the move for Hines at the trade deadline, we were. You can correct me if I'm wrong, 
but I kind of was waiting for the impact mm-hmm. of Naeem Hines. You know, this was a move at the trade deadline, but it wasn't a big splash at the trade deadline, but it was a big departure from like Zach Moss. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously James Cook is a a more bursty player, but not the same passing down skill set at this point in time as Naeem Hines. And he'd been relatively quiet. And then this happens and it says, oh, okay, like, yeah, there's there's your dividends. If you get nothing else from Naeem Hines the rest of the way, the trade that trade deadline deal was worth it because he gave you two return touchdowns in week 18 in the must win game for you to make sure that you were not going to have to play a road game in the AFC playoffs. Because if, obviously if they advance the conference championship and play the Chiefs, it will be a neutral side game. Yeah, Naheem, offensively, he's been pretty quiet. Um, he had the one touchdown reception against Miami. But um, oh, for thanks. the most – yeah. Well, listen, I had <laughs> – I'm sorry that it came against Miami. Um, he's been a good return guy for the Bills. And since the Buffalo moved on from Andre Roberts, it's been a circus with – Isaiah McKenzie trying to do it with uh, Marquez Stevenson, just ball handling issues, decision-making issues. So he's shored up that component of the team uh, and, and the special teams, but obviously the, the offensive impact has been pretty minimal, but uh, I think everybody understands uh, the value of the trade at this point. Okay. I, I have another dude, if you'd like him. If you'd like to hear, I would it. only if he's not my last dude. So, otherwise, pretty sure he's not. Oh, okay, good. My last dude is Geno Smith, or not my last dude. My next dude is Geno Smith, quarterback, Seattle Seahawks, who in Seattle's win. I don't know that that look indicates that might have been your last dude. I don't no, know. no, no. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, no, okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah I just kind of got like a little smile, and I was like, oh boy. Did no, it was a smile. That was a relief smile. I'm good. Okay. Okay. Uh, Fun fact about Geno Smith, set the franchise record for the Seattle Seahawks for most passing yards in a single season. Wow, over John Kitna. Over John Kitna, over Russell Wilson. Matt Hasselbeck. Uh, uh, Let's see who, Matt Hasselbeck, Warren Moon, Dave Craig, Jim Zorn. Really? I mean, they've had quarterbacks. I mean, mean, like they've had guys that have been productive players. So, yeah, the, uh, the list of... 4,000-yard single-season passers in Seahawks history is Russell Wilson four times and Geno Smith, and that's it. Wow. And Geno, in the final game, went up over uh, the, 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 best, uh, the best yardage mark that, that Russell had posted. And Geno's 30 touchdowns are seventh all-time in a single season in Seattle Seahawks history. So... Geno Smith, we've talked a lot about Geno Smith. There was a short stretch in time where this was in conversation for the MVP balloting. I don't think we're going to get there now, but the fact that Geno Smith has had the path that he had, passes for 4,000 yards, sets a franchise record for yardage in a season, and has the year that he has and takes the Seattle Seahawks, who everybody expected to just be buns because they got rid of Russell Wilson and had two starting offensive tackles that were rookies and had a lot of young talent in the defensive secondary. And then they lose Jamal Adams and, well, they finished 9-8 and eight 
and they put themselves in a position, and obviously we are recording right at the start of Sunday Night Football, so we don't know the outcome of Lions-Packers at this point, but depending on the outcome of Sunday Night Football, could uh, winning record position to be a playoff team. Props, Geno Smith, job well done. Good call out. I still think Seattle should probably look for a new quarterback, though, right? Well, it's just tough, right? Because you're going to make a financial decision. You're going to make a long-term decision based off this year's sample size. And Gino did plateau a little bit down the stretch. So it's not an enviable position to be in. That's tough. Okay, my last dude is Mike Tomlin, who somehow... Cockroach. Brother. Cockroach. He did it. We we said he was going to do it. it. Three weeks ago, we're like, this guy's going to get there. He's going to figure I'm out a way. I'm assuming he never will not. Yeah, this is he's going to have a winning year every year. Uh, 16 consecutive non-losing seasons. And I think the last – Chris, go ahead. Sorry, we, we are doing our TDN awards, and the ballots are due today, Monday, the day we're recording the show. Uh, Mike Tomlin very high up on my list of my ballot, and I just want to – we'll talk about these in depth later in the week. Hmm. Mike Tomlin better get more love from the TDN staff and the coach of the year race than I think he's going to. I haven't filled out my ballot yet. Is it is it five per? It is thing five yet per. To rank them? Yes, five per. I'll be interested to see if I get there with Mike. Um, the last two seasons, I think I said going into last year that if the streak continued, it would be Mike Tomlin's best coaching job. And then I think the team actually got a little worse, <laughs> right? And uh, this roster did it, is not did it good. again. <laughs> Kyle, they, they started three and seven. They started right, they went three seven. and seven. They finished seven. out with six and one down the stretch, four game win streak to close the year. Yep. And they, they didn't beat a bunch of nobodies, right? I mean, they, they lost to the Dolphins and Eagles, but they beat the Bucks. They lost to the Bengals by seven. They beat the Ravens in there. They beat the Browns by 14 points. They beat a desperate Raiders team, turned them over a bunch of times. Now, did they play the most impressive schedule down the stretch? No. But the fact that you went six and one, and you can extend that back even further, they went seven and two in their final nine. With this team and a rookie quarterback is just a rookie quarterback that amazing. didn't win the job, right? A rookie quarterback that was part of getting you out of this hole. Crazy. You know who this says a lot about my mind? Uh, a rookie quarterback, by the way, Kenny Pickett, who we're all we're all going to give our flowers to for how well he played down the stretch and finished with a uh, 76 passer rating and a seven touchdown and nine interception ratio at 185 yards a game. This, to me, says quite a bit about the value. Who came back in the midst of this stretch run? TJ Watt. Says a lot about TJ Watt in my mind. He's a good player. He's a great <laughs> player. He's an outstanding player. He's the best active Watt family member. Uh, I'd say he's had that title for a bit, but I see what you did there, Chris, with uh, JJ riding off into the sunset. And you know what? I, I think I'm going to spontaneously do it. I'm going to give JJ Watt. My last dude spot today. Not necessarily for anything that he did or didn't do. Two sacks. Uh, he got two sacks, <laughs> yeah. But checked not necessarily another, for... Checked off the last stadium he's never played a football game in, Levi Stadium today. Right. One of the most 
phenomenal careers that I have experienced from wire to wire in my adult life. JJ came into the league in 2011. 11? Pretty sure. I was 22 years old. Right? So he's played played a decade in this league. And what everybody felt for the last five years or so about Aaron Donald, if you were in your teenage years or if you were a little bit younger than that, I don't know what the average is for the demographics that listen to draft dudes. But if you missed J.J. Watt from 2011 to 2015, I have never seen anything like it defensively in my life. And it extended to the offensive side of the ball. So tip of the cap for J.J. Watt for a lot of really memorable seasons, a lot of really dominant individual moments that just really captivated my love of of the game and and somebody who is a a technician, uh, somebody who I believe was off the beaten path as a two-star recruit, was a tight end, had to transition to, to the defensive side of the ball. And made so much of an impact by really embracing the fundamentals and the techniques of the game. And he he developed into one of the most feared defenders of, of our lifetimes. And, and him riding off into the sunset as a new father and getting a chance to enjoy those components of life, I wish him all the best. Uh, and I will miss watching him play. The uh, you, you know what one of my things that I'll always remember about JJ Watt was just how many passes he deflected at the line of scrimmage. Incredible. I mean, <laughs> if he wasn't sacking the quarterback, he was making it hella hard to get the ball around him with those long arms and just the the throwing lanes that he can invade right there when he wasn't able to get home. But yeah, man, I think twenty twelve to through fifteen. What is that? Four, is that four seasons? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever see another stretch like that. That's his dominant stretch of play in the history of the league. Dude, he had he had 16 passes defensed in 2012. <laughs> he had 20 and a half, 20 and a half sacks, 39 tackles for loss, and 16 passes defense to go with four forced fumbles, too. And every single team that he played that year knew that they had to deal with him and they couldn't stop him. Um, and oh, by the way. He got a little bit of action in the passing game throughout the course of his career as well. That back end of that 12 to 15 stretch that you mentioned, they put him out in the red zone, and my guy just caught touchdowns. Targeted three times, had three catches for four yards, and three touchdowns in 2014. (laughs) He's a guy, man. He's a dude. I'm incredibly disappointed. Uh, we're going to get to the mock draft here, Jamie Eisner uh, 2.0 edition with multiple trades. I'm extremely disappointed. And, Joe, I hope that uh, uh, you join me in my uh, disappointment in one Kyle J. Krabs because one of his dudes this weekend was not, was not the FCS champion South Dakota State Jackrabbits who Jack defeated Rabbits, North baby. Dakota State 45-21. to 21. I've and prayed for times like these. Didn't make the entire team a dude. I can't, I can't make the entire team do. Yes, you can. You can't play the-, the game at 2 o'clock on a Sunday. 
on week 18 of the regular season. Yeah, it was rough. You can't do it. It's rough. Cannot do it. Gee whiz, I wonder why nobody watches the FCS championship game. Just a pure garbage. I don't know. You put it to to the second quarter of like the most dramatic wild card finish in the last couple years. Can't imagine why. Play that game on Tuesday night, man. Play How about Saturday? Play what was anybody? What, was, what did they? What was anybody doing on Saturday? I mean, we'll yeah, one o'clock before the four thirty kick tomorrow Absolutely. night. Maybe in the regularly scheduled Monday night football time window. Maybe is when you play. There that is game? A, uh, a Division One national championship game tomorrow night. That oh, maybe that's right. My might. my apologies. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot that that was occurring. Yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. Yeah, you just hate <laughs> to see the bison in the mud. I just uh, you hate to see that. <laughs> uh, I have a mock draft, gentlemen, for us. To wait, 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 wait. Hold on. <laughs> I think we just found out some information right there. This was about Kyle wanting to pick another team that's rival to a bison. No, that was not it. <laughs> He's been on this jackrabbit thing for like I know, but, straight. But but he said that thing about a bison in the mud. It's, it's Well, North Dakota to State, South Dakota State's a bit of a rivalry. You know, we got right, some, I you think know. Kyle just wants to continue to hate bison. No, it's not it. It's I not it. Know. I don't think that's what it is at all. There's buffaloes. You <laughs> the buffalo buffaloes. Um. We have a mock draft to discuss, and I hope you have a pen, a piece of paper, oh, uh, and God. a calculator handy because there's a lot of trades, a lot of, a lot of math. I don't like this. Okay. Uh, so I will read these five picks at a time like we always do here, and with the number one overall pick, we already have a trade. The Chicago Bears have traded pick 1.1. They're not selecting in this spot. They have traded it to the Indianapolis Colts, and they have received back the fourth overall pick, uh, the – uh, 36th overall pick, the 106th overall pick, a first round pick in 2024, and a second round pick in 2024. And with the first oh. overall pick, the Indianapolis Colts select Will Levis, quarterback from Kentucky. Oh, at number God, two, I hate that for the Colts. At number God, two, I hate the, that. the Houston Texans select Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama. The Arizona Cardinals, with pick number three, take Will Anderson Jr., edge out of Alabama. With pick number four, the Chicago Bears trade pick number four to the Carolina Panthers, who come up to pick number four. The Bears get pick number nine and pick number 40. The Carolina Panthers, now with pick number four, select C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State. Sheesh. And with pick number five, the Seattle Seahawks, via the Denver Broncos, select Jalen Carter, interior defensive lineman out of Georgia. I hate so that we for went, every team that got a quarterback. What about the, the Texans standing put at two? Just I think that makes getting, the, it makes them yeah, a winner. Out of, out, of, out of the spectrum of outcomes of what it costs to get up to get Levis, and Carolina gave up 40 to go up and get Stroud as QB3. I mean, that is just an awful trade for the Colts, man. 436, 106, a one and a two for Will Levis. Can't do that. Can't do that. And then the Bears trade back again. The Bears are big winners here. Jamie got the feedback from the last mock draft where. This this feels like a really, uh, like an overcorrection in the other direction. Yeah. It feels like. Oh, it's like, oh, you gave him. uh, Who did you give him? What, what T, receiver? He, he gave him T. Higgins. He, T. Higgins, right. He gave him T. Higgins yeah. value as like the 10th player in the draft or whatever. Yeah, and they said, right. you, you did a terrible job. They didn't get so enough for him. fixed him. He said, okay, yeah. He's like, watch this. Yeah, Here, I'll trade back this. twice. I'll trade back twice. <laughs> With the, When we get to the Bears pick, he's going to somehow have them picking the rights of Marvin Harrison Jr. for next year's draft. Mm. <laughs> uh, the next five picks. 
Uh, the Detroit Lions at six. Christian Gonzalez, corner from Oregon. The Las Vegas Raiders at pick number seven. Broderick Jones, offensive tackle from Georgia. At pick number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. Tyree Wilson, edge from Texas Tech. The Chicago Bears staying in the spot now at number nine, selecting Miles Murphy, edge from Clemson. And at pick number 10, the Philadelphia Eagles via the New Orleans Saints select Bijan Robinson, running back wow. out of Texas. So he's just going to make all the Eagles fans mad. What? Chris, you were on the Bijan film study on Tuesday last week on the TDM Premium Discord. Any fan base, any fan base that's upset that their team drafts Bijan Robinson should be should reevaluate things. They're going to be. Joe, I know how you Bijan feel about Robinson is special. He is special. It, it the we watched the the Kansas State tape. The Baylor tape is what we Baylor watched. tape. Baylor tape. Yeah, we watched him against Aranda's defense. Joseph, it was pornography. It was not safe for work. It elicited all kinds of sounds and groans and noises out of my body I didn't know I was physically capable of making. Watching this man read the point of attack, cut, speed, power, vision, anticipation, footwork, contact balance, passing game ability, you name it. If any fan of any team is mad that you get Bijan Robinson in a mock draft, cash me outside. How about that? Yeah, you should be upset. Man. You shouldn't be upset. You just shouldn't. I'm not saying they should or shouldn't. I'm just telling you the they vitriol are. from fans that get a, a Bijan Robinson. That's fine. You can that's what you're going to get met with, especially you the can. Eagles and Howie Roseman and all the things that they're going to tell well, you. Howie doesn't it. do that. Right. Howie doesn't do that. Poor, yeah, it's just wait. This is the world that. Wait till you find out we haven't seen a running back like Bijan Robinson in a really long time. Uh, at number 11, the Tennessee Titans select Peter Skoronsky, offensive lineman out of Northwestern. Uh, number 12, Houston Texans. They'll stay in this spot as well. They'll take Paris Johnson Jr., offensive tackle from Ohio State. The New York Jets picking here at number 13. They've decided to trade the pick. They've traded the pick to the Las Vegas Raiders, and they will be receiving Derek Carr and pick number 39 in the draft. The Raiders now picking at 13 will select Joey Porter Jr., corner out of Penn State. The New England Patriots at pick number 14 will select Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of USC. And as of this moment, the Green Bay Packers at pick 15 will select Derek Hall, edge from Auburn. What do you think of that trade value for Carr, Chris? I'm comfortable with that. You, you, you turn a one, you swap a one for a two, and then you get Derek Carr. That feels like a win in my that's book. That's a good trade for the Jets. Yeah, I think that's a you're win. You're not even that invested. You know what I mean? Right. You, you invest. Yeah. You, you're, you move down. 26 spots to get Derek Carr as your quarterback. I'll take yeah, that. It's, yeah, it's good. That's a good trade. I like it. Anything else in this block you'd like to discuss, or would you like me to just keep on rolling here? Uh, I, I'm digesting. Joe, I guess Joe's ready to get out of here, so we just keep going. <laughs> Joe, Joe feels like complete. Yeah, Joe, Joe, yeah, Joe's, Joe's on the IL. You know, he, he would like me to just move this along. Okay, we will. Uh, at 16, Cam Smith to the Washington Commanders, corner out of South Carolina. At 17, and folks... Buckle up. The Detroit Lions at pick number 17. They added Christian Gonzalez with pick number six here. Pick number 17, Quinton Johnston, wide receiver out of oh, TCU. Wow. At pick 18, Brian Berzee, interior defensive lineman out of Clemson, goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. At Tampa Bay at pick 19, select Keely Ringo, corner out of Georgia. And with pick number 20, the Seattle Seahawks select quarterback Anthony Richardson out of mm. Florida. So they get Richardson and Carter, huh? Seattle. Richardson and Jalen Carter is the That's uh, hall for the Seattle Seahawks. 
That was the haul I gave the Texans last week. It was just at one and twelve. I Quint- don't like Quentin Johnston pick to Detroit. Overkill. I think Opportun- so. I, I Opportunity do cost. Mm-hmm. You know, Brzee went the next pick to Pittsburgh. Would have been a perfect pick for them. I agree. So I get it's something different. And I, I get that Detroit has a lot of directions that they can go. And obviously Jamison Williams hasn't assimilated particularly quickly this this year when he came back late in the season. I'm not not that anybody should be worried about that. But I don't know. It's just they got I think they have a lot of pressing needs on the defensive side of the ball, really, for me, to to go with another wide receiver. I would agree with you, and and I'm on Q Johnson. I'm excited to see him tonight against Georgia. Some one on ones, I'm sure, against Ringo. A good fast defense. They'll play physical with him. It'd be a good show, uh, scouting showcase opportunity to get a real good look at him. Uh, pick number 21, the Jacksonville Jaguars selected Michael Mayer, tight end out of Notre Dame. Pick like number that. 22, Miami Dolphins has been forfeited. At pick number 23, the New York Giants selected John Michael Schmitz, offensive the hell, man? lineman out of Minnesota. I do this every time. What do you? Yeah, why? Because it's truthful. They forfeited the pick. Uh, at pick number 24, the Baltimore Ravens select Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver out of Ohio State. And at pick number 25, the Los Angeles Chargers, who are probably going to be searching for a new head coach after whatever Brandon Staley did yesterday. Uh, Dewan Jones, offensive tackle out of Ohio State. <laughs> Brand Staley's been goofy for a while, man. What if he goes to win? They probably are going to go beat Jacksonville, right? All right. They're going to get a chance to go play Kansas City, probably. Kansas City. Yeah. And play a third divisional game. So that if that happens, that'll be at least just on the AFC side of things. We we have two divisional rematches for a third time in the wildcard round. And then if the Chiefs win, or excuse me, if the, the Chargers win. They're probably going to get a third divisional third matchup in the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, unless the Dol- Dolphins beat the Bills, they'll go play Kansas City okay. and that'll free up the yeah, Chargers. Go, go get piped. <laughs> it's going to be a weird week, man. It's going to be a weird be a week. Very, I, don't, very... I don't know what you're. I haven't talked to you. I don't know what your attitude is. So There's a reason why you haven't talked to me. Yeah, he's, the, he's not going to talk to you all week. I mean, I have talked to you. Show. You said four words. Wait, wait, hold on. Go Bills. Like less than 10. Like go, seven or eight. I, call, the, the I first, called Joe the twice. The first call was Go Bills. Okay. No, he told me. The first the first call was Go Bills. So that's two words. And then the second call was something, something, crossover talk on Thursday. So that was like four words. So six words, yeah. eight words. Let's see. See you on crossover Thursday this week. Okay, it was five words. How you feeling, man? You excited? Playoffs? Oh, all right, it's Monday. We can wait for the weekly watchlist on Thursday to do this year, boys. Okay, keep keep it together. Okay, some of us some of us are not participating, so I don't care about what you guys do this weekend. Come after me! I'm a man. I'm forty. The uh, Dallas Cowboys are pick number twenty six. I'll go through the rest of the picks here. Uh, they they select Rasheed Rice, wide receiver at SMU. Cincinnati Bengals are pick number twenty seven. Take Brian Branch, safety out of Alabama. The Minnesota Vikings are pick number twenty eight. Devin Witherspoon, cornerback out of Illinois. The Denver Broncos are pick twenty nine. They're going to trade their pick. Uh, they're going to trade their pick to the Den- uh, to the to the New Orleans Saints for Sean Payton. Ooh. So the Saints oh. are going to get mm. pick number twenty nine, a second rounder in twenty twenty four, and Albert O. And the Broncos are going to get Sean Payton. 
And so the Saints with that pick are going to select Jameer Gibbs running back out of Alabama. The Bills select Antonio Johnson, safety out of Texas A&M. The Kansas City Chiefs select Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver out of Tennessee. And the Philadelphia Eagles select Isaiah Foskey, edge out of Notre Dame. Uh, Who got, put that did, one on the soundboard there, Jill. Did Hyatt go to the Chiefs? Hyatt went to the Chiefs, yes. Oh, man. That's a great pick. So Peyton, not, too, not too enthused about Antonio Johnson. Not to no. turn this into – to no. cross over Thursday ahead of time, but no, that's not for me in the first round. Um, so Sean Payton's interviewing, right? With or is Harbaugh's interviewing with the Broncos? Please, please, no formal interviews can take place until January seventeenth. So just because Sean Payton on national television said he already had a conversation with the Broncos owner, he made it very clear that he's not allowed to interview <laughs> until January seventeenth. If you have not seen that three minute clip, go watch it because it's fascinating. It is. It, it, Sean put his foot in his mouth. Yeah, Sean. <laughs> Well, they gave him – it's not that they he put his foot in his mouth. They created the entire segment so that he could clear the air, and then he just fumbled it. Like, he just fumbled right, and the he's like, Do we think anybody should be trading a first-round pick for Sean Payton? It shouldn't first be plus. Broncos, They so want a first plus. Would you do it? I wouldn't do it. If you're going to do, do it. it, if you're going to do it, this is the kind of class to do it in. Sure, late first-round pick. And if you're going to do it – being the Broncos and you're holding the 49ers pick via the Dolphins is the right kind of situation. You're a worse team than a team that's picking 29th. But the is, value might not be there. If there was the, ever a year to justify it, this would be the year. And the appeal is you you can look at it, you could frame it this way. You traded Bradley Chubb, who you were probably going to let walk anyways, for Sean Payton, who right. might be the right guy to maximize your quarterback that you're stuck with. He ain't. But that's fine. <laughs> I'm just saying that's probably the thought process, right? That's the thought process. That's correct. I think also, George Payton's a good GM. I know he. I, I know that's kind of crazy to say after he just effed up a uh, quarterback trade and, and a head coaching hire. But I kind of like all some of the other stuff he's been able to do. Oh, if you, you gloss over the two most important decisions, he's I made, know. He's been I doing know. Great. I regretted saying that immediately. Excellent. 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 At his job. Um, <laughs> I'm not. But they are who we thought they were. And we let him off the hook. I have a question for you guys. I'm not surprised by this because I fully anticipate Jim Harbaugh to take an NFL job. But does anyone else find the chain of events really weird that he comes out with that statement in which he says, I'm going to enthusiastically be the Michigan head coach. And then all of a sudden we find out that, like, he's going to interview for the Broncos job. Like, that's just weird, isn't it? Like, why would you put the statement out then? No. To, To put the heat on Michigan, he's got to frame them as the bad guys. They didn't pay him a worthy salary. He can't leave Michigan without someone being a... you know, Got those nice four level two violations and that one level one violation that he's dealing with too. So, yeah, I've Pete I've, Carroll in it. I haven't forgotten Nick Saban on Christmas Eve or the day after Christmas in 2006. I being asked about the rumors that he was going to be the next head coach to the University of Alabama, and he said, "I don't know how else to say this, but I'm not going to be the Alabama head football coach." I and then. You know, a week later, Chris, the right, week later, right. they roll out the red carpet down there in that little dirt pile airport in Tuscaloosa, and Nick Saban hops off that private jet with that gray suit with that crimson tie like he's Elvis freaking Presley, and people are falling in over him, and he's kissing babies, 
and he said a week previously, I'm not going to be the Alabama head football coach. So, no, it doesn't surprise me that Jim Harbaugh comes out with this corny-ass statement that I'm going to enthusiastically be the head coach at the University of Michigan just to turn around for it to come out that he's been pursuing the Carolina Panthers. He's getting interviews in line. Because he knows. He knows the standard's been set. I've beat Ohio State twice. I've made the college football playoff twice. That's the expectation these people have of me, and I still can't recruit a quarterback to save my life. Uh, just say so less, at some man. point, like, just, it's going to come crashing down around me. Just don't say anything. Take the interviews and then take the job and then put up. Like I just don't understand why you'd put out the statement when you know you're taking interviews. It just feels like a poor choice. Got to pay Michigan to be the bad guy, man. That's it. I, I got no more picks. No more picks for us to discuss here on the show. That's it. That noise you hear is a collective sigh of relief from Joe Marino. Yeah, you gotta go with some fluids, dude. Bro, look I'm a little str- flush. I've been drinking, You're, dude. I'm I'm struggling. You have any OJ, brother? I've done a lot. Yes, extra vitamins. We've taken things. My wife has given me water, tea. Drink a tea. No, you know I didn't drink any tea, but that might be next. I had Daddy. some. Uh, some herbal, uh, whatever this is, honey lemon, Switzerland. I don't know. You can hear his voice fading. He's done. Get us yeah. out of here, Kyle, please. Because yeah. we, then we're, we're, we're running. This the is like hour three in Tuscaloosa when you guys made me do this. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Speaking of Tuscaloosa. Yeah, that, that third hour, that live at live right show in Tuscaloosa uh, live, was a tough hour. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to shut it down. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert, the draft dudes, putting a bow on this Monday, the final Monday of the regular season is here it is upon us it's the postseason which also means for a lot of teams across the league 18 to be exact draft dudes do math it is the off season the start of the off season so it's it's a critical time for all 32 teams natty tonight make sure you tune in make sure you tune in on draft dudes thanks for friends over at ben online for their continued support of the show as well make it a great rest of your day we'll talk with you all again tomorrow Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.